There comes a time in every person's life when you realise it's not about doing what you are told, but doing what you know is right for you. Let us take a journey of learning and discovery with the world's most successful people who are living the life of their dreams, walking through life using their inner wisdom and being of service to others. Forget exams, grades and test scores. What is your purpose? As we let go of what we think should be and learn from our elders to gain knowledge, inspiration and a true sense of who we are. What are your dreams? Does your life have meaning? Are you living a life of significance? Let's talk with today's guest. Hello, my name is Mark Taylor and welcome as we spend some more time together on the Learning on Far podcast. Today I'm talking to Sadaf Raza. Hi Sadaf, thanks for joining me and let's explore the journey of who you are. Thanks Mark, thank you for having me on your show. So can you give us a bit of background about where you're living and the sorts of things that you're into at the moment? Sure, so I live in London. Um, I am the founder and CEO of Early MBA, uh, a company committed to empowering teenagers through short courses that enable them to experience and learn from expert life lessons. And is this something that they do online or is it an in-person kind of course? How does it work? It's in person, so it's run either in school holidays or after school. Um, and we have students from different schools teamed up to do different challenges. And typically the after school course would be once a week um, for two hours. Um, and the holiday course is, is immersive for a week. Fantastic. And, and what was it that um, drove you to create such a thing? I think it's really the the insight that a lot of the things that you know, I think helped me in getting selected or um, that helped a lot of people on our advisory board that are all, you know, people from Ivy League universities who work for the likes of, you know, Google and Goldman Sachs. They say that they were things that weren't taught in school curriculums, but they were things that they learned um, either the hard way or through early mentors in their organizations or, you know, father's friend who guided them. And I felt those things should really be, you know, taught in an interesting and stimulating way to everyone uh, versus, you know, the few that have access to to those sort of advice and information. And so the idea was to put a proprietary curriculum together, which took us two years to, uh, um, uh, to get right. But it's really age appropriate for teenagers um, and teaching them the things that will hopefully, you know, really make a difference to their success and their happiness. I mean, that's perfect. And that is so exactly what this podcast is all about the, the the important learning things that are so so essential really to everybody especially teenagers as they're as they're growing up but not necessarily things that happen day to day in schools or, or part of the main curriculum and I think that that sort of combination just works so well and like I say if you haven't got a mentor you don't have that opportunity these are uh, like I say this opportunity is really invaluable absolutely and I think you know people at least I did spend so long you know, uh, figuring out what, you know, course to study at university. And I, I sort of think back and it was such little information that you were working towards. And I think that as you become older and you want to, you know, you realize you want to do something difficult, different, transitioning can often be quite hard. Sometimes people can box you in, which they really shouldn't, but it does happen. Um, and the idea is really, if you can spend a little bit of time, you know, at this age group before you have to make all these uh, important decisions about, you know, university, your first career, you know, what you want to really explore further, um, then you can sort of just get off on a, on, you know, on a, on a better start. And hopefully it sets you up for making that journey in a more, um, in a smoother way. 
Yeah, no, I can I can really understand that. So, so let's go let's go back and, and listen to some of your journey as, as we as we talk about our sort of schooling and education as well. And um, and what does your life look like now? And how is it different from when you're growing up? And I guess that that can be location or environment or or just your education background, really. Ah, yes, it's quite different. So um, today, you know, I'm working on a on a on a fast growing venture um, where we help teenagers. We're based in London and we are based in Dubai. Um, and it's really all about, you know, discovering and maximizing your potential. Um, whereas I grew up in, in Lahore in Pakistan, um, where just the fact that, you know, my parents made sure my sisters and I had an education at all, you know, made them progressives. So it's, uh, it's, it's you know, I guess it's a result of, you know, my early childhood that has made me want to, to make more opportunities available um, to people who, you know, like me might not have had them at that age. And... I always love it when I hear that complete contrast of of what people's early years experience in life compared to where they are now because I think for everybody listening if you if you feel like you're slightly either confined by your circumstances or you can't imagine your world being any different then to hear people who've you know they now live in a different country or their their whole way of life is different I think just gives you a bit of empowerment that actually anything's possible and you actually do have that opportunity for change even if you don't quite know how that's going to pan out. Absolutely. I always tell people that you have to aim big. You know, we sort of always we start off with just options that are available in front of us and or whatever the next step we think we can do. But I think it's more important to think the other way around and sort of where do you want to be? You know, no matter if you don't know how to get there, you kind of have to start with the destination first and then figure out, OK, how do I? make my way there in you know many different steps exactly and and often it's that allowing those steps to materialize in front of you isn't it because i think when you've got that bigger picture of of where you want to head towards you meet the right person you have the right conversation you come across the right podcast or the right book and then all of a sudden your journey almost just sort of um opens up in front of you i think Absolutely. And this is, you know, also what we cover in the early MBA program. I mean, we we have topics such as networking, for instance, which I think, you know, nobody actually teaches you and often has a has a negative connotation. But it's really about, you know, uh, making the most of those opportunities when they arise and, you know, how to do it in an authentic way and and how to sort of start building it early on when there's nothing really you need from anyone. Um, And then being able to sort of tap on to those relationships as and when, you know, you need some advice or you need some direction. So, you know, it's quite important to, for a lot of these things, if you just develop good skills early on, they just become second nature. Um, and I think that's what's, uh, that's what I think is, you know, the most helpful thing about the program. Yeah, no, it sounds absolutely fantastic. And I think even just that idea of being able to speak to people, especially if you're a shy person or, or going out of your comfort zone, I mean, just that initial skill is just invaluable as well. So, yeah, no, I think it's absolutely fantastic. Um, what was valuable about your school experience? So I went to a, um, a leading all-girls school um, called the Lahore Grammar School. And what I loved about it was that it placed a lot of um, emphasis on extracurricular activities. Um, and those are still my fondest memories. Uh, I did a lot of netball and French club and debating. Um, and I know you just mentioned something about being shy. Um, I myself was an extremely shy little girl. Um, and I had the ambition to better myself. And I joined the school debating club and I you know, regularly attended their sessions on Saturday mornings. And I remember the day I went on to win the national debating championships and I won an award for being you know, the best speaker in the country. And I, I just knew that journey that I had made from being so shy myself. And it made me realize 
that actually you can do you can do anything you just have to sort of you know visualize what it is that you want to achieve for yourself and i think that was definitely my most valuable school experience nothing to do with the academic education itself but this you know overcoming of a challenge and the development of such a useful transferable skill that has stayed with me um you know since that time and certainly hearing you know people that have actually experienced exactly the kind of transformation like you say you know if you if you know what it's like to feel shy to not quite sure where to put yourself in in, in your school surroundings to have then here's someone who's actually like say gone on you put yourself in the debating team and then you know let alone to go on to win a national award which is amazing and so I can really start to picture you know how, how this program of yours is um is so passionate for you obviously and actually how the real benefits of of, of what people taking part can actually get from it I think that's really really important um and and like I said from that kind of experience standpoint which I think is often key for people wanting to get involved in something they want to hear it and see it from people who've actually been there and done it and I think that's a really a really key step which teachers do you remember and why I guess the first teacher that comes to mind is my a-level economics teacher um, he was young. He had just graduated from an Ivy League university, and his approach to teaching was quite different. He used to replace the examples in the book with uh, more local examples, and he often made um, things more centric to the interest of teenage girls. I mean, I still remember the um, scarcity of resources example that used shoes and bags versus guns and roses, and hmm. you know, it made me laugh, but. It also caught our attention and, and, and drove the point home, which I think is is really important. I mean, learning should be um, fun and engaging and you shouldn't quite realize that you're learning such important things because you're just, you know, enjoying the experience, but you take away the learning um, as a result from it. I think definitely when you have that kind of real life and when it's actually you know, something which is integral to how you're living your life at the moment, because it's then much more um, understandable, isn't it? You know, it's something you can relate to in a really um, straightforward way. Exactly. And just also catching your your attention and keeping you engaged throughout the class. I think, you know, at least for me, a lot of my teachers um, didn't quite do that. And the ones who did, that's when you really paid attention and you wanted to learn and you sort of, you know, develop this, you know, passion for being a lifelong learner. And I think that's that's really important yeah and I think when you I think as a student I think when you understand that difference between having to be in school and doing what you have to do and mm-hmm. the yes and actually then realizing but there's something out there that I'm really interested in or something I want to know more about and now I understand the difference between the feeling of, of that kind of passion and also just the having to I think then you suddenly realize that actually learning and education is actually only up to you and you can take that in whichever direction you want to even if you are still within the school system Absolutely. I mean, I remember when I did my um, my MBA program at INSEAD, one of the things that they have is a grade non-disclosure policy. So, you know, all your life you're sort of studying to get the grades, but there they sort of take away that pressure and they say, you know, just come here and, you know, take courses on topics you, you're interested in that you've never done before, that you probably won't score well in. Um, but this is your, you know, opportunity to to experience it and um, and try it for yourself. And I think that was such a nice safety net to go on and then, you know, learn about different topics. And I think that's when you really sort of think about, you know, what is it that I'm curious about and what is it that I want to learn versus sort of, like you said, sometimes in school we feel all these things we just have to do. Um, and that takes away some of that, you know, joy of curiosity and, and choice of learning. 
Absolutely. I, I heard a podcast the other day about some people who were homeschooling, and, and it really struck me as a, as a parent, actually, because they were saying some of their children, you know, they'd suddenly be into something so passionately but only for a short period of time you know they'd spend like three months really interested in coding and you think oh right you can see their future and they're really passionate uh-huh. about this and you can, you know this is where they're heading but then you know three months would go by and then the next thing they wanted to do was to do was sewing um and and it's just when, when you've got that freedom to just explore some of these things have a have a have a shelf life in some ways that you look into them and you get so much out of them in, in ways that you don't even necessarily know at the time but it's only having that sort of diverse experience of learning and ex- and exploring lots of different things that you then find maybe the the thing that really does light your fire from sort of here on in as you start to take it towards a career. Absolutely. And I think it's sort of a cumulative effect. You're putting sort of layers on top of the different experiences because having had one experience, you look at the next ones or the next topic slightly differently. And so it doesn't need to be sort of a straight path of, you know, just, you know, coding all the way through to expert coding. It sort of has to be this, you know, all this other perspective that comes into your education and then you can really sort of discover from there where you want to go next based on what you know at that point in time. Yeah, no, I think that's really true, really, really true and, and very insightful and, and great to, to hear when people are thinking, I need to have a path, you know, just you mm-hmm. don't need to have a path, you need to explore everything and then just see where it takes you a little bit like we were saying earlier on. I think no, that's great advice. Who did you admire when you were young and what was it about that person that had such an impact? I think it's so important for for young people to have inspirational role models. I can think of many people I admire today, but if I think back at that age, I don't think any one person comes to mind. I recall I just wanted a career that had, you know, my own desk in an office with air conditioning. I mean, summers in Pakistan are terribly hot. (laughs) Um, So this is one of the reasons, I guess, I launched Early MBA to give high school students access to leading professionals so that they can learn from the best and truly understand what different professions are about and you know especially aspirational sounding careers i mean what do those people actually do on a day-to-day basis um and i think that's why sort of you know my interest in sort of developing this program was there so that now in the program we have people come and spend one-to-one time with students coaching them um and, and speaking about you know their life lessons and and what helped them Um, And I think it's really important to have that at a young age, because that's when you learn to dream bigger and and aim bigger and, you know, explore bigger. um, And that's really important. Yeah, no, I think that's very true. And I think, like I say, that again, it's it's experience, isn't it, in having access to these people. And it sounds like your program is really sort of opening that door for people to really um, meet these people and understand them. And like we were saying before, that sort of idea of networking, even if it's just that kind of introduction to begin with, is is a really key factor. Exactly. I mean, I meet young, you know, teenagers who sort of when you ask them what they want to do and they say, I want to be a banker. And then you ask them why. And they, you know, it just sounds good to them. They don't really know. And then you sort of ask them, do you know anybody who's a banker? And they say, yes, I've met one person. And then you're like, what did you ask them? And, you know, they just don't even know what to ask them. It's that, you know, the initial conversation about, you know, after the program, at least they know next time, you know, they meet somebody, they will be able to at least engage with them in a, in a meaningful conversation where they will from learn from that experience. And I think it, that's the little steps that they can take to then do little work experiences and, and just, you know, piece together a better picture of whatever industry they're interested in. And I think if you don't have that confidence and you don't have just an insight into the different roles and, you know, how the little pieces fit together, you're just too shy to even, you know, start asking those questions and, 
and it's very important to ask those questions yes and especially when you don't actually necessarily even know or that you wouldn't even necessarily know what the job entails isn't it because like you say yes I want to be a banker or I want to be a doctor or I don't know I want to be a professional footballer whatever it happens to be it's actually also starting to understand and develop but what what does that look like on a day-to-day basis you know do I want to be commuting do I want to live in a city do I want to um, spend x amount of time doing whatever it happens to be and it's only as you start to talk to people that you really understand the full effect of what that particular area is all about and you can't know that until you ask those questions which is which I guess is key Mm-hmm. Absolutely. I mean, the amount of young people just want to travel as, you know, as, as, as part of their work. And then I have friends who travel all the time who are consultants. And, and you know, that's what they hate about the job is that <laughs> they travel so much. And it's not the holiday on the beach that, you know, uh, students imagine it to be. And so it's, it's really interesting to, like you said, to have that perspective of, you know, what does it really involve? versus what does it sound like it involves. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, certainly as a musician, I sort of, I have that understanding, you know, when you're on a concert platform or you're in a, an orchestra pit and you're, you know, at the height of the climax of the piece that you're working on, it's like, well, this is what you live for. You know, this is your dream and your connection with the world to share your passion. But that's a minute amount of time compared to the lots of time in the car traveling around the, the country or even around different countries um, to do the concerts or various hotel rooms that you spend a lot of time in and being away from home or or the um, the 10,000 hour um, idea of the amount of practice and the amount mm-hmm. of um, time you need to have put into got to that stage and actually seeing the whole thing as a bigger picture but I think what what it does do is it does also make you realize then that that sort of the, the pinnacle of what you're trying to achieve the rest of it really is worthwhile because you know it's part and parcel of what you're doing but like you say it's only understanding that bigger picture that you can make those decisions you know we i see this with the with this proprietary business simulation that we have so students get to be the ceo of their company and they're sort of competing with each other and they're selling to each other in the value chain and i see the excitement of them sort of as they're sort of you know doing face to face trading and then they're making all these strategic decisions over 3 years and then i see them get to the accounts part and sort of you know you see the <laughs> the the energy drain off and and you kind of you know you, but it's important to put that piece in there also because they have to realize that you know entrepreneurship is not just about the you know making your own decisions and being your own boss it's actually about making sure every little thing um, you know, is in the right place and, you know, dealing with the crises that happened during the, the simulation, you know, the world events, etc. And so I think it's really important to give them that flavor. So their expectations are just, um, you know, more manageable. And then they're kind of like, yes, w- you know, when the tough part comes, you know, I knew this was going to come too. And this is part and parcel of, you know, like you said, this achievement that I'm trying to really work towards. And this is going to make it worth it. But you don't want them to sort of just see the, you know, the tough part and be like, nobody told me about this. Because quite often when you hear people talk about their roles, um, they talk about the good stuff. They talk about their successes. They talk about, you know, um, you know how lucky they were and, you know, humble things. But they don't really talk about sort of, you know, the grit that was required or the, um, uh, the, the, the things that were harder to navigate. And I think it's equally important to to talk about those things, too. It's that kind of overnight success, isn't it, that you hear of people being successful or uh, often you hear it from a, a sort of a, a sort of a, a, a pop um, or, or sort of a, sorry, a kind of a commercial musician or singer songwriter. And it's like, oh, they've mm-hmm. just suddenly come from nowhere and they're an overnight success. And then 
you hear them interviewed and they were like, yes, I was on the road working in bars for 20 people for 10 years. <laughs> Absolutely. <laughs> and, uh, and, and like you say, it's, it's understanding that. And I, and I think that's great. And, I, and what I, the other thing I really liked about what you said was just that sort of both sides of the coin is the fact that you you can let people know that that sort of bigger picture and how all these things fit together and that there are different types of the business and, and some things are easier to navigate and others and some things knowing that, you know, there's going to be problems that you need to do. But at the same time, you can't also give that person the actual experience of doing it you only get that from actually going through it yourself so I think understanding both sides of that I think is probably a a really great education experience um, that you often don't hear people talk about which I think is absolutely vital exactly and the word experience you use I think is really important because just that memory of when it happened to you uh, is a learning that you will remember in a far greater impact than just somebody telling you that you should do it this way or that way and so you know, with the program, we've made sure that there's hardly any time of us telling them, you know, in terms of lecture, we sort of introduce a topic and then it's like, OK, go ahead and do it. And because it's a safe environment, you know, make tons of mistakes. It's completely OK. You can sort of overcome them. But the learning from that, you will always remember much more um, than if you sort of just had, a, you know, uh, information about, you know, what's the right thing and what's not the best thing. Um, and I think that's what, you know, I, I see the teenagers really take away from the experience is that just that flavor of experience that they're dying to get at this age also that, you know, they're just a bit shy of getting um, of the real world. Um, and I think that's uh, certainly experience stands for a lot. And I am, um, and I really love that idea of of the safe environment because I think that's so key. Which I think is part of the problem that teenagers find these days is that everything's literally hinges on me doing my GCSEs or my A levels. It's like I've only got this one opportunity to ever you know succeed or or fail, or that's the perception. Even though in reality, of course, that's not not true. Mm-hmm. Um, but I think having that safe environment where you can make mistakes, where you're encouraged to just explore, like we were talking about before, and also that we know that we can give them a soft landing. So we, you know, e- e- even in the slightly sort of bigger picture of actually learning to live in the, in the real world, you know that. As, as parents, as teachers, as organisations, you know, we allow them to explore, but we know that we've there's a soft landing if they make a mistake, and we and from that learning experience, there hasn't and nothing's happened which is absolutely disastrous, but the actual learning experience they've got will just they'll just thrive from like you say from that that learning experience from here on in. Exactly, and also I think you know to to add to that, we like to spell out a bit of the cause and effect because sometimes you know in real life you try five things and you know, something works, you don't quite know sometimes what was it that sort of caused that. And so what we try to do is a quick resume every time they have that soft landing to sort of make them realize, you know, what was it that did work and didn't work. Um, and I think that recap is also something that in the real world we don't, you know, always do. But I think it's important to do. So we sort of, you know, build in that process uh, within the program. So they sort of develop those good habits. And what was the best piece of advice you've ever been given and who gave it to you? Interestingly, it was from the current um, Prime Minister of Pakistan, um, Imran Khan, who gave it to me back in 1992, um, when he was just a cricketer at the time and he had recently led his team to win the World Cup. And I remember he, he wrote it for me. He told me it is, it's his motto and he wrote it next to his autograph in this tiny diary that I discovered in a safekeeping box in my parents' home this Christmas. Um, And it read, nothing is impossible if you are prepared to work for it, 
Um, and I think there's really something there because, you know, Imran Khan himself went on to build Asia's largest cancer hospital that treats nearly all its patients for free. Um, and he formed this challenger political party in the country that he eventually led to power. So I think it's obviously worked for him um, on more than one occasion. And I think there's really something in that motto. I think that's it's really good to hear that. And, and I think also understanding, especially when you're young, that even having the dream, having the understanding, having the desire and the passion was something, there is also the fact that you need to also put some work in to get there because it won't just open up for you without you actually putting that amount of hours in. Again, a little bit like I was saying about being a musician, you know, that 10,000 hour wall, mm-hmm. it's only having done it over and over and over and practiced the skills that you need. And those skills are obviously different for everything that you do, but it doesn't just happen just because you want to. There's, a, there's that work that has to go involved in that cause and effect that comes from that. You know, when you're younger, like every you know few months, a year seems like forever. But actually, when you sort of with hindsight, you realize it wasn't that long, you know, a time. And you really do have to commit to something for a long period and see it through. And that's what's important to sort of, you know, spend a little bit of time deciding on what you are, you know, wanting to aim for and commit to. Um, and then, you know, stick with it till you till you till you find a way to get there. And what advice would you give your younger self now? I think many people make this mistake, and I certainly did. I thought that if I only just get, you know, a first in my degree, or if only I get this, you know, coveted job, then I've made it. And I think this is what you were also alluding to earlier. You know, the truth is that we all have to commit to becoming lifelong learners, and we have to constantly think critically and challenge ourselves um, to take our life to where we want it to be. So our degree or our first job is only a stepping stone. And I think, you know, um, young adults tend to sort of, you know, put too much pressure on themselves and sort of just th- think that that's their aim, whereas really that's actually still quite a short-term view of the world. Um, and, and, and really, you know, the whole life journey is actually quite a long one that's going to, you know, have many steps in it. Um, and so I think I would, you know, definitely tell myself that if, if I was speaking to my younger self today. Yeah, I think that's fantastic advice. And it definitely is that, like you said, it takes the pressure away, doesn't it? Because it's like, oh, right, okay, this is now, and then I'll move on to the next thing, and I'm going to learn some more, and I've learned from what I've experienced, and now I'm going to put that to good use. And then you're only ever winning, because you're either being successful in what you've achieved, or you've learned an awful lot from from whatever you've learned from before, what you've, you've tried to put your efforts in before. Um, and so then the next day is positive, because you've got all that experience with you. And I think that just certainly for me when I think of it like that just feels like a very different world to live in and a different body to live in than like you say that sense as long as I get my first and I get my great job then everything from there on in will be fine and of course we know that there's an awful long life hopefully for everyone to be living and and that will look different in very different um, areas of your life and different um, sections of your life as you go through um, all the different things that are going to happen to you. Exactly. And I also think that, you know, in the same way, if you actually were the one who did really well, and then you get complacent, you know, I see that happening also, uh, when sort of people feel, you know, that they've just, you know, done it, and now they know everything. And, uh, and you also realize, actually, once you start working, it's again, it's a level playing field. So you, you did those steps to get there. But now what you're going to be judged on is how you perform on the on the job today. So it doesn't matter which university you came from, or what your previous experiences are. You, this is what the field is um, at the moment. And so it gives those people who didn't do so well a, a good chance, but also the people who did well, they have to also realize that, you know, they need to keep, um, you know, delivering. They can't sort of just, you know, tick, 
you know, one or two boxes and think that's it. And that really sounds what's really great about what the what you're providing within your your projects because it's that sense of you're learning how to learn and you're you're developing the skills that you need for everything that's going to happen to you later on and then from there you've always got everything that you need like you say whether you've found it easy so far or whether you've had to work really hard you actually know how to go about learning and I, I certainly say that to my my percussion pupils when I'm teaching them it's that kind of my job really is to tell is to get to the point where you don't need me to be here if you understand how to learn what to do then all of a sudden the teacher becomes um, 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 irrelevant, really. I said, you know, there might be new things you don't know, and then you can ask me those things or you'd find someone else to do it. But the how you go about doing it and the time that you need to put in to do it, you can actually do on yourself. And at that point, then my job is really done. Absolutely. I think that is the definition of a great teacher. Um, you know, it's all about reversing the classroom, whereas sort of the, the, the student takes the initiative to, you know, what they really want to get out of the teacher um, versus the other way around. And, you know, when I think about the world of work, you know, the rules that are going to exist in the future when a lot of these, you know, teenagers start working are not going to be the ones that ex even exist today. And so you can't sort of, you know, tell them that, you know, this is how you have to get into those roles. It's more about this is a skill set that you can use no matter what those roles are, um, you will be able to be successful at them because these are the, you know, most important skills for the future. And I think that's important because back in my parents' generation, it was about, you know, you find a career and then sort of you, you progress down that path. Um, you know, in my generation, I found that people, you know, often change careers and that was an expectation. So you kind of have to have the skill set to, to apply to the next one. What I'm finding in the future is that people, you know, might even have like multiple careers at the same time. So, you know, they could be, you know, uh, have a, a day job. They could be writers in the evening. They could be doing, you know, something else on the side. And there are so many different, you know, skills and interests that they are sort of bringing about um, together. And so you really need to have, you know, a combination of, of skills to be able to apply it um, in a way that, you know, whatever brings you happiness. I think that's true and I guess I'm a, probably a classic example of that you know I, I sort of have my professional playing career I have my teaching and education career and I've and I've now got this podcast network and and actually it's the essence of who I am in the middle of that which actually mm -hmm. bring brings everything to each of those very different jobs effectively but actually it's I think what you said there is absolutely key is the fact that you can in this day and age in the way that the world is developing you can actually as long as you turn up as you you can have lots of different ways of expressing yourself in 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 a work form as it were like say rather than it just being a career and um yeah I think I think that's a very insightful thing to for people to really hear and understand and, and just going on from that so what do you think your future looks like Oh, very exciting, I hope. Um, <laughs> we um, we doubled the number of participants in our program from last quarter to this quarter. So we hope to keep growing with this momentum. Um, we're looking to grow our team with more promising talent. So that's always very exciting for me. Um, and we have some unique um, new courses in development. Um, so I'm really very optimistic for the future. And what podcast book, video, film or song or, or resources had the biggest impact on your life and, and why was that? Have you read the book The Power of Full Engagement? No, I haven't. So it was actually um, a signed reading when I worked at Procter & Gamble um, and I think that you know has had an impact on me till today because it essentially um, dispels the myth that high performance is a result of good time management 
um, which you know most people think it is. Um, and it explains that it's really, in fact, all about better energy management. Um, and it gives a very practical account of how to assess how well you're doing on different you know, energy frameworks, whether it's mental, physical, emotional, spiritual, and then what steps you can take to improve that. Um, so you have personal renewal as well as high performance. Um, and so I would really recommend it. Um, I'm definitely going to read that because that really does resonate with me at the minute. I'm certainly in that in that position of having lots of things going on and, and actually realising that in order to sustain all of these things and actually have the energy to grow the things you want to grow, um, there's a lot more inward looking and a lot more personal looking rather mm-hmm. than just the actual, like you say, that I'm going to do X or I'm going to do Y externally. And I think that's um, that that definitely sort of seemed to ring true for me there. Great. Well, you must tell me uh, after you read it what you what you thought of it, and we can have another discussion. Absolutely, I, I will do. That'd be fantastic. A great conversation to have. Um, so, for those people listening who who have really been inspired by what you're saying and might like to get involved, what's the best way for them to contact you and find out more? So they can visit our website. It's just uh, www.earlymba.co.uk. Um, and it has information about you know upcoming courses in London um, and different partnerships that we run with schools and you know they can just drop us a line if they have any question for me just just address it to me and I'll be um, more than happy to uh, to reach out back to them. Lovely. Well, thank you, Sadaf, um, for sharing your wisdom and allowing us to learn from your wonderful experiences. Thank you so much, Mark. It was a pleasure speaking to you today. Thanks for listening to the Learning on Fire podcast. For more information, please visit educationonfire.com and follow the links from the homepage. This show is sponsored by the National Association for Primary Education. Education is not the filling of a pail, but the lighting of a fire.